Hello, cinefans. I'm Kendall Kruver, and this is Watching Classic Movies. My guest is Nelson Page, executive director of the Barrymore Film Center in Fort Lee, New Jersey. Fort Lee is the birthplace of the United States film industry. The center is an evolving cultural institution which reflects that history. It features a repertory movie theater that brings back the comforts and style of classic cinema and a museum that is free to the public and has already been a source of great fascination to its visitors in the five months it has been open. We talked about what the center has to offer, the history of film in Fort Lee, and how the future of cinema is just as exciting as its past. Welcome, Nelson. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Well, congratulations on really a fairly recent opening of the Barrymore Film Center. I mean, October 2022 hasn't even been in a year. How's it been going? Well, it's it's uh, almost five months to the day, and it's been great. Uh, you know, we're a repertory theater here, and so we're showing classic films, independent films. And when I say independent films, I'm talking about films that are not, uh, that are not uh, you know, um, um, backed by studios that don't have wide releases. We're also talking about emerging filmmakers, student films, and just, we run the gamut. I mean, so one day you can see the Oscar-nominated short films, and the next day you can see, you know, uh, Robert Redford in The Natural. Or the next day you can see B.W. Um, Griffith, Orphans uh, in Storm, or you can see a, another silent film with live, um, you know, either orchestral or organ accompaniment, since we, we have both here at the film center. And it looks like you have a, a, a great deal of uh, themed programming when it comes to the repertoire element of it. Yeah, absolutely. This way, it keeps people focused. We never repeat a film. So, for example, uh, when we have this, this coming weekend, we're showing a, um, a themed uh, weekend uh, play ball for the opening of baseball season. You're going to see Pride of the Yankees. You're going to see The Natural. You're going to see um, 42. You're going to see A League of Their Own. You're going to see Field of Dreams. So that gives you, you know, a little bit of, uh, of context as to how we, we try and do these things. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. And, and then you also have a museum, which I believe the admission is, is free? The admission is free. This is part of our educational component. When the uh, borough of Fort Lee um, saw fit to build this facility, um, that was part of the deal that we made with the community. And that's that we have a situation where we do change exhibits every six months. The exhibit that just ended this past weekend was called the Royal Family of Fort Lee, the Barrymores. So, um, and the reason why we named the film center after the Barrymore family is because they actually lived here in Fort Lee and made their first films here. So that would be John, Ethel, and Lionel Barrymore. Uh, their father, Maurice, actually had a, uh, uh, he, was a he was a Broadway actor and he actually had a, a residence here in town. So uh, the kids came to live with that and, uh, they all got their starts here in Portly theatrically and uh, in film as well. So that uh, we thought this is a way of uh, honoring them. Somebody came to me the other day and said, oh, I guess Drew Barrymore has given you a sizable donation. Or the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> that has nothing to do with their donation. It has to do with honoring their contribution you know, to film and to the uh, Broadway stage. Right, right. Well, I, you know, when I, when I first found out about the center, and it was a couple of years before it opened, I thought, now, why hasn't there been something like this before? But then it occurred to me that, well, it took so long for the Academy Museum to be opened, and that's a company town. And well, you know, it's been a long time since you've had that kind of a film culture in Fort Lee. It's, it's neither easy to begin 
or to keep going? How how has the process of that been? Well, again, we have a we have a terrific mayor. His name is Mark Sokolich. It was his vision that you know wanted this building here. There is a there was a, a 16 acre plot of land in the middle of town that had uh, got undeveloped for many many years, and it was under his leadership that uh, the town you know built some residential, built some condos, you know uh, built retail, you know mixed use, and he thought that this would be a great uh, economic development engine to bring people to downtown, which which it, which it certainly is. This also honors Fort Lee's you know amazing film history. From 1903 to probably 1920, Fort Lee was the motion picture capital of the world. And people go, oh, no, 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 because they made a couple of films. No, no. There were over 4,000 films that were made here. This was the original film town. I mean, whatever they did in Hollywood, it, it just, it, this was done here first. This is where the studios were. This is where the laboratories were. This is where the set shops were, the costume shops were here. And you had 17 studios, all right, within one and a half square mile area, unlike quote unquote Hollywood, which those studios were spread out over an area twice the size of Bergen County. This was, everybody was, you know, back to back shooting here. They originally came from New York, okay, shooting on 14th Street. They came over here for, you know, location shooting, but it made, it made more sense. You know, now people say, well, why did it all move out west? Well, one of the reasons was, and maybe people can go into it later on, they can, they can read was the Edison's Patents Trust. Uh, they would break up your set, uh, you know, or take your film away from you if you didn't pay a royalty to the Edison's Patents Trust company. So that, that made people want to, you know, be as close to Mexico as they possibly could to protect, to protect their uh, intellectual uh, property. But um, yeah, so by the early 30s, it was all gone and all these studios lay abandoned. And unfortunately today, there's nothing left. And so we honor that, that memory and um, make ourselves relevant once again here at the Barrymore Film Center. Well, and it sounds like you have a lot to draw on as far as, you know, what how you might reflect it in your programming, the history, and also just, you know, future museum exhibits. I mean, do you have anything in the in the works that you can share for for future exhibits? Oh, well, oh, yeah, actually, this exhibit is coming down now. In fact, today, we were just downstairs um, working on dismantling the exhibit. Again, we we've, we've borrowed, you know, um, um, you know, different artifacts from 12 different lenders, everybody you know, uh, contributed from the Museum of Modern Art to the Museum of the Movie Image, from the City of New York, Museum of the City of New York, uh, from the Margaret Herrick Library of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, and, you know, private collectors from around the country. So that's all going to be, you know, packed up and it's going to wind up, you know, going back. And then uh, our next uh, will be the original power couple. And it's going to be um, Mary Pickford and Douglas Fairbanks, ah. who again made all their early films here in Fort Lee. And um, so uh, that will open up as of um, June 10th. And then we will have um, the following exhibit on that will be a poster collection that will be exhibited. Um, that'll be probably January of 2024. You always have to stay probably six to eight months ahead here uh, mm -hmm. because it does take a lot of uh, a lot of um, a lot of time and effort to bring all this. These exhibits, these exhibits run anywhere from 125 to 150,000 to mount. And again, the borough of Fort Lee has been incredibly supportive. We do our own fundraising to do the uh, things that the um, the borough uh, does not compensate us for. They gave us a good running start, and as we grow, you know, their contributions will be um, our, their operating contributions will be less and less to the point where we'll be self sufficient, and you know, and and they will um, just be our landlords. But you know, it's vision, it's vision, and vision. A lot of a lot of small municipalities in New Jersey just aren't 
doing this kind of thing. And we're so thrilled that the um, Borough Fort Lee has been as uh, generous and as and as uh, long sighted as uh, as they have been. So it's 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 great. And and in in, in the interim, we we wound up building this twenty one thousand square foot facility, which has a museum, which has a beautiful lobby, has a two hundred and fifty seat uh, auditorium, which we can show thirty five millimeter film, seventy millimeter film, four K digital, and we have a full stage with a full orchestra pit that also has a beautiful uh, theater organ for silent film accompaniment. So that's impressive. Here we are. Yes. Now, have you had live accompaniment yet then? Oh, absolutely. We've done, uh, I think, five films point to this point where we have had organ accompaniment or we actually had the New Jersey Festival Orchestra here in October uh, doing uh, Phantom of the Opera. So we had uh, 24 pieces in the pit uh, doing a live, um, you know, doing a live orchestral accompaniment to uh, that film. Now, I know you've got a, a, a long history in, in theatrical exhibition. I mean, how does this theater compare to the other theaters that you've had in your past that you've worked in and owned? Well, this is this is rigorous because it's um, we, we're open on a regular basis on Wednesday, alternate Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, and it's a new film every show. It's not mm. like we book one film in for the week. This is a, a new film every show. So you're having five, six, seven, eight films a week coming in, going out. It's a lot of bookkeeping. It's a lot of muss and fuss. And again, we're showing films in 35 millimeter, in 70 millimeter, or in 4K digital. So you have three different formats. And so, you know, each day, because usually when a film comes in, you, you check it, make sure it looks good. If there's a problem with it, you send it back. I don't have that, that luxury. The right. films come in a day or two early. And so you have to really be on your toes to make sure that, uh, you know, you're giving the public the best, uh, the best, pop, the best possible, um, you know, uh, theatrical experience that you can give them. So that that's that's very very different, um, and then it, it it just you know boils down to the standard you know um, make sure that your staff looks good that everybody's friendly that you're welcoming people because remember this is where people come to revisit their dream, you know um, somebody came to me the other day and they said oh you know nobody knows you're open I said do you love movies and the lady goes well not really I said then why would you want to be here <laughs> this is this this uh, this is this I mean this is a place built by movie lovers for movie lovers, all right? And mm -hmm. if you're not interested in film, then why would you want to be here, all right? And then you have, because we, we do, I don't know, a thousand people a week who show up here, and each one of these folks that come in here, they're just revisiting their dreams. The films that they saw years ago in the theater, now they can revisit them on the big screen. You also have, you know, a lot of film students that have been coming here to see these films, unlike any place else they can see them. You know, you have a couple of places in the city, New York City, that you go into, uh, you know, like the film, you know, um, Forum, which is a great place to go. But these screens are bigger. You know, our, our ability to show different formats are greater. And uh, we do uh, we do really uh, cherish, you know, the uh, reputation that we're looking to build. So you can bring it local a little bit. Have, have you had a lot of out-of-town visitors? I mean, how is it as a uh, destination? I would, say, I, would say, I would say 60% of our patrons are out of town. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is this is this is built. This is a regional facility to bring people, you know, to to to, to see great films here in downtown Fort Lee. It this wasn't built for the locals. I mean, and in fact, in this day and age, there is no such thing as building a theater. Uh, for years, I, I had a wonderful affiliation with the Palace Theater in Lake Placid, New York. And I'm mm -hmm. telling you, um, the uh, the family that owns that, the Clark family, wonderful people. 
And even there, that's not built just for the people. It's been operating since 1926. That covers like an 80-mile region of, of people that come from all over to go to that theater. If it was, I mean, there's only 1,800 people living in Lake Placid. That theater could never survive just by those, you know, those people coming in. And you can't always count on people who are coming in, you know, to ski or to swim. You know, it, it, you know it, every theater has to have a regional appeal because if it doesn't, it can't survive. And here we have people coming in from New York City. Uh, we had we had a, a lovely couple the other day from Albany, New York, who wanted to see a certain film. They want to see Grand Hotel. We've had people from Pennsylvania, from 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 Cape May, Trenton. I mean, New Brunswick. I mean, they 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 want to see these films, and there's no other place to see them many times in 35 millimeter. So it is a destination, then. I mean, so how do you? You know, for a visitor, how do you suggest they make the, the the most of the experience? Because you've got the museum, you've got the films. I mean, what's the best way to go about approaching that? Uh, spend some time. You know, if, if you know, we have free parking, and uh, you know, so it's not like anybody's going to be uh, having to pay. And you come here and enjoy it. And you know what? If it's a if, if it's a little quiet, we'll take you through the entire building. And uh, we have a very chit chatty staff here <laughs> who will talk your ears off. And they will, and they they're very pleasant. We have a great manager here, and even the kids, you know, that are part timers, you know, really are very proud of the uniform that they wear and the information they possess and the place that they work. They're very proud. It's a matter of creating this 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 unique corporate culture here that um, you know it's both you know we're here to present something special and we're also here uh, uh, you know as proud basically parents of the films that we show and even the kids are, you know you know are, are are into it in a very big way. And uh, I should say, you know, 17, 18, I wouldn't say kids. I'm, you know, I'm 69 years old. So 17, 18 is still is, is, is a kid at this point in time. But everybody, <laughs> right. everybody, everybody's very proud of their duties here, and we take it very seriously. So for people who, who come from out of town to, to see the film center, uh, is there anything locally that they can go see that, that kind of evokes the, the history of the area, you know, cinematically speaking? Unfortunately, no. Um, the things that, you know, we're always most proud of is, um, you know, how many studios were in town. And the only thing we did is the, uh, the former Fort Lee Film Commission is that we put up uh, a dozen markers around uh, the town um, where film history was made. You know, where Alice Guy Blachet, who was the first woman in cinema history and was the first woman who owned a studio in cinema history. I mean, mm -hmm. even before uh, women had the right to vote. I mean, we have, for example, you know, placard there showing where her studio was, but the studio's long gone. All the studios are gone. They burnt down in the 30s, and um, the, there was only one that was uh, one that was left um, and, 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 and through the 70s and 80s and became a film exchange, and that's now gone too. But there are placards around the town. And then there's Cliffhanger Point, where Pearl White shot many of the uh, perils of Pauline. Oh, that actually sounds uh, pretty is, great. <laughs> Yeah, it's on the Palisades. You have to know your way to get out there. It's a, you know, it's a, um, it's a, uh, it's a path that gets out. You know, it's part of the um, uh, Palisades and State Park Commission area. But uh, and it's usually smarter to have somebody to take you out there. But it's it's um, it's 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 still there. But yeah, most of the visible film history is unfortunately gone. That's one of the reasons why this building is here, so it can remind people of um, of some of the uh, some of the, you know, the great moments. I mean. In 1915, when Universal Pictures was founded, Carl Lemley, who was its founder and principal owner and executive producer, uh, he built the world's largest studio right here in Main Street. 
And then, of course, a year later, he uh, moved out to California, and the studio was taken over by um, Samuel Goldwyn and then Louis J. Selznick, uh, whose uh, son, obviously, David O. Selznick, uh, produced Gone with the Wind. So it was um, kind of interesting to see that um, we have such a, an amazing history here with so many people who came through and made movies in Fort Lee. Now, were people aware of this when you, like how hard of a sell was it to start this? Were people aware that this was the birthplace of, of you know, American film? Did they understand the importance of it? Well, you know, it's very funny. Uh, there was a gentleman named Tom Myers, and Tom was the director of cultural and heritage affairs here in town. And he pretty much spent uh, the last dozen years, if not longer, promoting this. And, and, and everybody finds it fascinating. Everybody thinks it was great. But there's an old, there's an old legend, uh, no, legend. I'm sorry, there's an old saying, mm-hmm. and the and it goes like this: When the um, um, facts contradict the legend, print the legend. <laughs> right. So the, the, the legend is that um, everything was uh, Hollywood, and and when you say, well, no, 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 the original film town was here on the East Coast, and that these these films and these film directors and these film producers got their start here, they it becomes very easily dismissed. All right. And 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 even though, I mean, it's historical fact, and I said it earlier, I'll say it again, that this was the motion picture capital of the world. Thousands of films were made here. I mean, when you're talking about, you know, directors and producers, I mean, you know, that 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 started their careers here, whether it be a DW Griffith, whether it be a Max Senate, whether it's, you know, a it's, you know, um, uh, you know, um, uh, Fatty Arbuckle or a Buster Key. I mean, these people all got their starts here, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's amazing that once they all wound up going out to Hollywood, it's a, it, 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 everybody forgot what, what, what happened here. And it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's when, you, when you tell people this, sometimes people go, oh, that's interesting. And sometimes other people will say, oh, that's nonsense. That, that no, it never really happened. You're exaggerating, and you know, the, the, the 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 truth is the truth, you know. And it's um, it's so that's why you need a living representation um, that that people can come and 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 learn a little bit more. So, but you know, again, it's not only an educational experience. Not only are we trying to you know do a certain amount of educational outreach, but it's also we want to entertain people. And uh, it's it's not just about the history. It's also about you know. Um, appreciating, you know, the, the films in the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and certainly through into the uh, 21st century. I mean, that's the key. But um, yeah, and now, you know, it's, it's so funny how, how the, everything is, 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 is turned. There's more film production now in the East Coast than anywhere else in the country. Is you know, that true? New York. It's absolutely true. New York, wow. New Jersey. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, even when you go down to North Carolina and Georgia, there's more film production here on the East Coast because they've been, you know, I'll say here in New Jersey, especially through the New Jersey State Film Commission. Uh, Steve Gorlick, who's the executive director, has done an amazing job. Uh, but you also have, you know, even in New York, I mean, very aggressive, you know, tax incentive programs, New York, New Jersey, you know, um, even Pennsylvania, a very aggressive. Well, they didn't do that out in California. They just assumed that everybody was going to be shooting, you know, out there like like they did, you know, for 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 a generation or two. But now, now here there's a lot of film production. You're booking studio space way, way. You know, we love to have film production back here in uh, Fort Lee, and we do some commercial work and we do some documentaries. 
and we do some TV shows, but um, it's not to the volume that it used to be, that's for sure. <laughs> but it's alive. It's it's still going. And I love that you're reflecting that in your programming, that it's the full history of cinema. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because cinema is ever-evolving. Uh, it's, 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 you know, it's not a static art form. And, you know, to this day, I'll, I'll say this to anybody who will listen, that, you know, um, um, film, American filmmaking is our greatest cultural export. All right. And, and, and yet it's, it's, it's something, you know, um, it's, how we, it's how we view ourselves as a country. It's how we, you know, viewed ourselves stylistically. It's, you know, it's how we viewed ourselves, you know, how people would walk, how people would talk, how they emulated the people that were on the screen, you know, how they dressed, you know, how they smoked a cigarette or in this day and age, how they don't, you know, I mean, I had, I had a conversation uh, with one of our board members uh, about a year ago and I was saying, you know, we were talking about propaganda and film and he said, well, all film is propaganda. I said, well, it's a fine line between propaganda and point of view. All right. Um, it's, it's, you know, I mean, um, and, 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 and this day and age that that line is even blurred, even, even greater because, um, people, people, everything has to have such a deep measure, but ultimately for film to survive in this day and age with so many different outlets, right? (laughs) Somebody said, Oh, the golden years of Hollywood, the golden years of filmmaking, you know, you want to know something? This is the golden age of filmmaking now. And I'll tell you why, because you have cable, you have streaming. You still have theatrical representation. You you have so many outlets that they are begging for products. Begging. Right. There's more film production going on than ever before. You know, it's almost like the cruise industry. You know, while I remember probably, you know, when I was a freshman and sophomore in high school and, you know, going down to the New York waterfront and seeing all these huge ships that are going to be, you know, scrapped or mothballed because, you know, everybody was flying jets. The cruise industry now is bigger than it's ever been. There are more ships being built. I mean, you know, somebody said, oh, the Titanic was such a big ship. Well, the Titanic was 880 feet long. Uh-huh. Some of these cruise ships are 1,300 feet long, and they're, 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 they're you know, 140, 150,000 gross tons. So, so oh, yeah, everything, every, everything's come around. There's so much film production now in, in an industry that was going to be dead when television first came out. Remember that? Yes. Television came out, they went to Cinemascope because, Oh my God! You know you can't compete with TV, but you know what? You 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 can, and um, and and they have. That's for sure. Right. It it has to evolve, and it's interesting because you're right. There's so much more access to view and so much more access to make it, and it, that really does again begin with Fort Lee and how people just got to work and, and made the films. Oh, and, and and people also forget that the first studio. You know, it was the Black Mariah in West Orange, New Jersey. It all started with Thomas Edison as an industry. You know, I mean, even though Edison was a pioneer in developing the camera and certainly the projector, um, you know, that he used. And of course, a lot of that was to enhance. Remember, Edison came on the scene not, not, not to make a better movie camera. He was trying to create an instrument that could be used in concert with his phonograph. You know, he saw, well, film would be great if it could talk. Film would be great if there could be sound that accompanied it. Hey, like guess guess what? I have all these patents on on um on on, on the sound equipment, and it never caught fire. It did. The only reason why uh, you know um you know I mean his patents you know for sound for um, synchronized. Uh, that's my phone. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. But uh, sound sound synchro- the the reason why sound synchronization with motion picture you know projection 
you know, didn't come into vogue until the late 20s was because, oh, what happened? Very simple. You know, there was, there was, you know, millions of people going every single week to see movies in the mid-20s. By the late 20s, that number decreased by about 35%. And people go, well, why did that happen? Very simply, radio, theater mm. of the mind. Once radio wound up in every house, people thought, well, I don't have to go out. You know, I can sit home with my family. That sound familiar? Mm-hmm. And so what happened was the studios dusted off all those old patents and they came out, you know, um, with a sense, you know, a synchronized sound uh, and a motion picture projection. Um, and, uh, you know, it, you know, if you watch a film like Singing in the Rain and people go, oh, the, the public demanded more, which is not really true. Just I hate to say it. It's, yeah. you know, like, you know, remember when you had a vinyl record and then the next then the next day, all of a sudden you couldn't buy vinyl anymore. You, you, you only could buy CDs. Well, it's the same thing. You know, one day it was it was you know it was uh, silent films. The next day it, it was it was sound. Although the sound didn't catch on until Europe until pretty much World War II, and then after that, I mean, because it's technology, you have to convert the theaters. It's the same thing today with digital projection. I mean, all of a sudden, how many theaters were put out of business because they couldn't afford you know to up, 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 upscale and upgrade their That's theaters right. to the tune yeah. of hundred thousand dollars? You know, with digital projection. So, yeah, it's it's it's, it's an ever evolving industry, right? There's just this theme of moving into the future. You know, keep keeping up and evolving. And I, I mean, I guess that just leads me to the question of what are your hopes for the future of the center? Because it's so new now. There, there's so many possibilities. Well, one of the things we do, well, because we have a full stage, we do some live things here, pretty much on an every other month basis. Uh, you know, we did a wonderful program. We had a, a, a wonderful troupe uh, from Broadway, and uh, they they were um, they were doing a wonderful. Um, they did a wonderful program with um, uh, doing from uh, music from Broadway to Hollywood, and it was really tremendous. Uh, we had a wonderful, you know, a wonderful audience. We we sold out, and uh, so it was a live performance, and uh, it really was very exciting. And um, so we were doing uh, Frank Ferrante's. An evening with Groucho, the one-man show in June, yes. and uh, we are doing uh, um, later on um, in June. Uh, we're doing the uh, New Jersey Festival Orchestra is going to be doing an, uh, an evening of um, uh, music by uh, John Williams. So uh, that that will be a full eighty-piece orchestra. So we we'll bring in different or- different organizations and different groups uh, from from different backgrounds, and certainly attracting different audiences. That will that will discover you know, the Barrymore Film Center in a different way. All has to relate to film, but yeah. uh, it, it, you know, for those who aren't film fanatics, you know, um, you know, hopefully the live, uh, you know, may interest them in a way that they can come here. And plus, of course, we have the museum, and the museum, you know, um, has brought in a very unique audience as well. So it's bringing in people who are who are new to film history. Then the museum is absolutely yeah. And 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 the one word you know is they're astonished. Really, really. <laughs> oh, that's great! I love to hear that. I so, mean, and because remember, we're on a corner here. We're downtown. People come in. Oh, can I come and see? And they come in. Now, this was designed, you know, um, for a fifteen or twenty minute walkthrough, and yet some people wind up in there for two hours. Oh, and, wow. um, and 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 and. I don't know why, <laughs> because I think they read every word of it. Um, our museum curator, uh, Professor Richard Kazarski, uh, you know, did a beautiful job in all the write-ups. 
which actually takes you on the story and the history of the family. And some people read every word of it and then start from the beginning again. And, and these are people that I don't normally see, you know, you know, coming to the movies here, but they, they do appreciate, you know, the, the history and certainly the contribution that the uh, Barrymore family made, um, you know, uh, to, to their art. So it's astonishment. That's, that's the word. That is so encouraging to hear. But it is. This has been fascinating to talk about. I, But before I let you go, I want to know if there's anything else you want kind of prospective visitors to the center to, to know about the Barry Moore Film Center? I want people to come and rediscover big screen movie going. I want them to understand that this is their new home for, um, I don't know, um, classic movie going, I, uh, which, by the way, is fallen by the wayside. We all, for too many years, have gotten used to uncomfortable chairs you know, dirty theaters and and small screens. I think I think you know this is this is a time to rediscover that there's something else out there and uh, and a way that we can re- revisit our dreams. And I think that's the message that I hope people get from our conversation. Well, it's 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 a very powerful message. I, I really appreciate your passion for this and for you taking the time to talk to me today, Nelson. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Anytime, and uh, we'll see you at the movies. The Barrymore Film Center is included in my book, The Classic Film Fan USA Travel Guide, over 500 attractions for road trips and online exploration. It's available wherever you buy books online. You can find out more at watchingclassicmovies.com, where I'll also share further information about the Barrymore Film Center. Thank you for listening. This is Kendall Kruver, watching classic movies. Until next time.